Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Blue Castle by L. M. Montgomery Chapter 1 If it had not rained on a certain May morning, Vanessa Sterling's whole life would have been entirely different. She would have gone with the rest of her clan to Aunt Wellington's engagement picnic. Dr. Trent would have gone to Montreal. But it did rain, and you shall hear what happened to her because of it. Vanessa waked, wakened early, a lifeless, hopeless hour just preceding dawn. She had not slept very well. One does not sleep well sometimes when one is 29 on the morrow and unmarried. Community and connection where the unmarried are simply those who have failed to get a man. Deerwood and the Stirlings had long since relegated Venice to hopeless old maidenhood. But Venice herself had never quite relinquished a certain pitiful, shamed little hope that romance would come her way, uh, come her way yet. Never until this wet, horrible morning when she wakened to the fact. She was twenty-nine and unsought by any man. Aye, there lay the sting. Vanessa did not mind so much being an old maid, as all she thought being an old maid. Couldn't possibly be too dreadful of being married. To an Uncle Wellington, or an Uncle Benjamin, or even an Uncle Herbert. What hurt her was he had never had a chance to be anything but an old maid. No man had ever desired her. The tears came into her eyes. She lay there alone in faintly grey darkness. She dared not let herself cry as hard. She wanted to for two reasons. Two reasons. She was afraid that crying might bring on another attack of that pain around the heart. She had a spell of it after she had got into bed. Rather worse than she, any she had yet. She was afraid her mother would notice her red eyes at breakfast and keep at her with minute persistent mosquito-like questions regarding the cause of thereof. Suppose, thought Vanessa, with ghastly grin, I answered the plain truth. I am crying because I cannot get married. Horrified mother would be, though she is ashamed every day of her life, of an old maid daughter. But of course the parents should be kept up. It is not, Vanessa, should could hear mother's prime directorial voice asserting is not a mainly to think about men. The thought of her mother's expression made Vanessa laugh, for she had a sense of human nobody and her clan suspected. For that matter, there were a good many things that Vanessa had no that nobody expect, suspected. Her laughter was very superficial. Presently she lay there, huddled furtive little figure, listening to the rain pouring down outside and watching Sick disgust, the chill, merciless light creeping into her so- ugly, sordid so- room. She knew the ugliness of the, the ro- that room by heart, knew it and hated it. The yellow painted floor, the one hideous hooked rug by the bed with a grotesque hooked dog on it, 
always grinning at her when she wiped the faded dark red paper, seeing discolored by old leaks and crossed by cracks, an arrow pinched at a west strand, a brown paper lamparin grin, with a pair of old roses on it, and a spotted old glass with cracks across it, popped up with an inadequate dressing table, jar of ancient potpourri, made by a mother in a in a in her mythical honeymoon, the shell-covered box with one burst, arm burst corner, which cousin stickles, and made in an equally mythical girlhood, a beady pincushion, half its breed frayed, fringe, gone, and one stiff yellow chair, a faded old motto, gone but not forgotten, worked in coloured yarns, that grand, great grandmother's sterling grim old face, old photographs. Of ancient relatives, long banished from the room below. There are only two pictures, though not of relatives. One of the old chromo of a puppy sitting on a rainy doorstep. A picture always made Vanessa unhappy. Flown little dog crouched on the doorstep, driving rain. Why didn't someone open the door and let him in? There are pictures of faded, passported, engraving of Queen Louise. Coming down the stairway, with Aunt Wellington had lavishly given her her tenth birthday. For nineteen years she had looked at it, hated it, beautifully smug, self-satisfied Queen Louise, but she never dared destroy it or remove it. Mother, cousin Stickles, would have been aghast, or his fantasy invariably distressed it, in her own and her faults, would have had a fit. Every room in the house was ugly, of course, but downstairs appearances were kept up somewhat. There was no money for rooms nobody ever saw, but as he sometimes felt, she could have done something. Could have done something for a room herself, even without money, if she were permitted. But her mother negated every timid suggestion that vanity did not persist. And vanity did not persist. Vanity never persisted. She was afraid to. Her mother could not broke opposition. Mrs. Sterling had sulked for days if offended, but the airs of insulted. Duchess. The only thing Vanessa liked about her room was that she could be alone there at night to cry as she wanted to. Not after all. Or did it matter if a room which was used for nothing except sleeping and dressing in were ugly? Vanessa was never permitted to stay alone in a room for any other purpose. People wanted to be alone, so Mrs. Frederick Sterling and Cousin Stickles believed could only want to be alone for some sinister purpose. A rooms in Blue Castle was everything a room should be. Fancy so cowed and subdued and overridden and snubbed in her early real life was wont to let herself rather, go rather spellily her daydreams. Nobody in Sterling Clan or its ramifications expected this least of all her mother and cousin Stickles. They never knew that Vanessa had two homes, the ugly red brick box of a home on Elm Street, a blue castle, Spain, Vanessa, and lived spiritually in the blue castle ever since she could remember. She had been a very tiny child when she found herself possessed of it. Always when she shut her eyes, could see it plainly with turrets and banners on a plain, pine-clad mountain height, wrapped in its faint blue loveliness, loveliness against the sudden set skies, farewell unknown land. 
Everything, when the thorn, beautiful, was in the castle, jewels that queens might have worn, rows of moonlight and fire, crouches of roses of gold, long flights of shallow marble steps of giant, with great white urns and with slender, misclad maidens going up and down in courts, marble pillared, where shivering fountains fell and nightingales sung among them, myrtles, king halls of mirrors, I reflected on any handsome knights and lonely, lovely women, except the loveliest of all, but those men whose glance men died. All that supported her through the boredom of the days, hope would go into dream spree at night. Most of them, if not on all, Sterlings would have died of horror. They knew half the things Valency did in a blue castle. But of one thing, she had quite a few lovers in it. Oh, only one at a time. One who wooed her with all the romantic adore of his age of shivery, and won her after long devotion and many deeds of dare doing, wedded her with pomp and sacrifice in the great banner hung chapel, Blue Chap Castle. At twelve, this lover was a fair lad with golden curls and heavenly blue eyes. Fifteen, he was tall and hem- tall and dark and pale, but still necessarily handsome. At twenty, he was a aesthetic. Dreamy, spiritual, twenty-five with a clean-cut jaw, smiling, grim, slightly grim, a face strong and rugged rather than handsome. As he never grew older than twenty-five in a blue castle, but recently, very recently, I heard a hero of reddish, tawny hair, a twisted smile, a mysterious past. I don't say that as he deliberately murdered his brothers as he outgrew them, but simply faded away as another came. Things are very convenient in this respect in blue castles. But on this morning of the day of fate, Benzie could not find the key to her blue castle, where had he pressed on her too hardly, barking at her heels like a maddening little dog, to twenty-nine lonely, undesired, or favoured, the only homely girl in her handsome clan, with no past, no future. As far as she could look back, life was drab and colourless, with not one single crimson, a purple spot anywhere. As far as he could look forward, it seemed certain to be just the same to she was nothing but a subtle tree. Little withered clutched leaf clinging to a wintry bough. Bow. The moment she had a, when a woman the moment when a woman realises that she has nothing to live for, neither love, duty, purpose, or nor hope, holds for her the bitterness of death. I just have to go on living because I can't stop. I must have. To, I may have to live eighty years for vanity in a kind of panic. All horribly long lived. It sickens me to think of it. She was glad it was raining, or rather, she was dreary satisfied that it was raining. There will be no picnic that day. It's annual picnic picnic whereby Uncle and Aunt Wellington weren't always thought of them in succession. Eventually celebrated their engagement, a picnic thirty years before, being of late years a veritable nightmare for that to fancy. It's an impish coincidence. It's the same day as her birthday. Always he had passed twenty five. Nobody let her forget it. Much as she hated going to the picnic, it would never have occurred to her to rebel against it. There seemed to be nothing of the revolutionary 
in her nature. She knew exactly that what each every one would say to her at the picnic. Uncle Wellington, whom she disliked and despised, you know, he fulfilled the highest. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Doing operation, marrying money was would say to her in a pig's whisper, not thinking of getting married yet, my dear, and go off in a bellow of laughter, which he even eventually concluded with his dull remarks, Aunt Mellington, of whom Hennessy stood in great abject awe, would tell about Olive's his chiffon dress and seals, last devoted letter. Hennessy would have to look at it, uh, look to please his interests, to the dress and letter had been hers or else, Aunt Wellington would be offended. Fancy had long ago decided she would rather offend God than Aunt Wellington, Aunt Wellington, because God would might forgive her, but Aunt Wellington never would. Aunt Albania, enormously fat, with variable habit of always referring to her husband as he, if he were the only male creature in the world who could never forget that she had been a great beauty in her youth. Could condole with Aunt Annecy and her shallow, shallow skin. I don't know why all you girls t- today are so sunburnt. When I was a girl, my skin was rose, roses and cream. I counted the prettiest girl, Canada, my dear. Perhaps Uncle Herbert wouldn't say anything. 
Morancy would remark jokingly, How fat you're getting, Dross. And everybody would laugh over the excessive grimness of your poor, squinny little Dross getting fat. Handsome, seldom Uncle James, solemn Uncle James, whom Venice disliked, respected because he was deputed. A very clever, was therefore on the clan oracle, brains being one, too plentiful in a sterling connection, will probably mark the owl like sarcasm that won him his reputation. Suppose you're busy with your hope chest these days. Uncle Benjamin would ask some, one, some of these adorable conundrums between wheezy chuckles and answering them himself. There's a difference between dross and a mouse. Mouse were, wishes to l- harm the cheese. Dross wishes to charm the he's. As he heard him ask that riddle fifty times, every time she wanted to throw something at him, she, didn't, she never did. First place, the stones simply did not throw things. In the second place, Uncle Benjamin was wealthy and childless old widower. And Vancey had been brought up in the fear of admission of his money. If she offended, he would cut her out. Him, she would cut her out the wheel. Firstly, she was in it. Vancey did not want to be cut out of Uncle Benjamin's wheel. She'd been poor all her life, knew all the gaining bitterness of it. So she enjoyed his riddles, and even smiled, touched her little smiles over them. Aunt Isabel, downright and disagreeable, as the east wind would criticise her in some way, Vancey could not predict just how, but Aunt Isabel never repeated her criticism. She found something new with each, with which to jab you every time. Aunt Isabel prided herself in saying that she thought what she thought. She didn't like it, but she didn't like it so well when the other per, other person, people said it what they thought of her to her fancy never said what she thought cousin Georgina named of her great 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 grand great uh, great great grandmother who had been named after George the fourth would recount doomlessly the names of all relatives and friends who had died since the last picnic wonder which of us would be the first to go next unpresently com- competent Aunt Marie Mildred Mildred would talk endlessly of her husband, her odious prodigies of baby to Vanessa, because Vanessa would be the only one she could find to put up with it. For the same reason that Cousin Gladys, really first Cousin Gladys, once removed, according to the strict way in which the stage to a related relationship, a tall, thin lady, admitting she has sensitive disposition, would, would describe minutely the tortures of a neurosis. And Olive the Wonder Girl, to whom the stunning claim had everything as he had not, beauty, popularity, love, show off her beauty and presume and her popularity and flaunt her diamond signal of love, fantasy days, envious eyes. There will be none of all this today. There'd be no packing of outlets of teaspoons. Packing out was always left for fantasy, cousin Stickles. And once every, for once, six years ago, silver teaspoon from Aunt Vanessa's wedding set been lost. Aunt Vanessa never heard lost a set silver teaspoon. Ghost appeared bankroll, like every sustenance family feast. Oh yes, Vanessa knew exactly what that picnic would be like. She blessed the rain, has saved her from it. There'd be no picnic this year. Aunt Wellington could not celebrate on a scale, could dare itself. 
she would have no celebration at all. Thank whatever gods there were for that. Since there would be no picnic, Vanessa made up her mind. So as the rain held up in the afternoon, she goes to the library and get another John Foster. Get another of John Foster's books. Fantasy was never allowed to read novels, but John Foster's books were not novels. They're nature books, so the librarian told her, Mrs. Frederick, Frederick, telling all about the woods and birds and bugs, things like that, you know. Fantasy was allowed to read them, and a protest for it was only too evident. She enjoyed them too much, permissible, even laughable, to read, to prove your mind. Your religion, but a book, but that book that was enjoyable was a dangerous fantasy. Did not know whether her mind was being approved or not. She felt vaguely that she had come across John Foster's books years ago. Life might have been a different thing for her. It seemed to her to yield glimpses of a world into which she might have been once might once have entered. But the door that's forever barred for her now. But only within the last year that John Foster's book had been in Deerwood Library, though the librarian told Venice he had never he had been a well-known writer for several years. Where did he live, Fancy had asked. Nobody knows. From his books, he must be a Canadian. But no more information can be had. He publishes won't say a word. Quite likely, John Foss is a non-depume. His books are so popular, he can't keep them in. We can't keep them in at all. In, in, at all. Though I really can't see what people find in them to break them. I think they're wonderful, said Vanessa timidly. Oh well, Miss Clarkson smiled and protested in patronizing fashion. They relegated Vanessa's opinions to limbo. I can't say I care much for bugs myself, but certainly Foster seems to know all there is to know about them. As he didn't know if he cared much for bugs either. It's not John Foster's uncanny knowledge of all creatures and insects life, in Florida. She could only say there's some tensing law of mystery never revealed, some hint of great secret, just a little further on, some faint exclusive, elusive echo of lonely, forgotten things. Dolphin's magic was unfindable. She, yes, she would get a new foster book. It was a month since she had thistle harvest, so surely Mother would not object. But he read it, read it four times. She knew whole passages off by heart. And then she almost, as, and she almost thought she would go and see Doctor Trent about the queer pain and heart. He came, he came rather often lately. The palpitations were becoming annoying, but to speak of a occasional dizzy moment and quick shortness of breath. She bet she could, but she could, could she go to see him without telling anyone? His most daring fault, none of Stanley's ever consulted Doctor without holding a family council and getting Uncle James' approval. Then they went to Doctor Ambrose Marsh, a Port Lawrence, uh, who had married second cousin Andeline Sterling. As he disliked Doctor Ambrose Marsh, and besides, she could not get to Port Lawrence, 15 miles away. Without being taken there, she did not want anyone to know about her heart. There would be such a fuss made, and every member of the family would come down and talk it over and advise her, and caution her, and warn her, and tell her horrible tales of aunt, great aunts and cousins, three times removed, for being just like that, and dropped dead without a moment's warning yet, my dear. Aunt Isabel would remember that she had always said Dross looked like a girl 
who could have tr- trouble, so I pinched and pe- peeped always. Uncle Wendon would take it as a personal insult when no studying ever had heart disease before. Georgina was forbade, forbade in perfectly honourable uh, sides. Poor dear little Ross isn't long for this world, I'm afraid. Cousin Gladys would say, why, my heart has been like that for years. A tone implied no one else had any business even to have a heart. And Olive, Olive, for merely looked beautiful, superior and disgustingly healthy. If, as if to say, why all this fuss of a faded superfutory like dross when you have me? And she felt she couldn't tell anyone, lest she had to. She felt quite sure that she was nothing at all. She felt quite sure there was nothing at all. So she won with her heart. No need of all the, of all, of all the ponder. They would ensure soon she mentioned it. She would just sip up quietly and see Dr. Trent the very, that very day. As for his bill, she had the $200 that her father put in the bank for her the day she was born. She was never allowed to use the interest of this, but she would she would secretly take out enough to pay Dr. Trent. Dr. Trent was a gruff, outspoken, absent-minded old fellow. But he was, but he was recognised authority on heart disease. Even his only general practitioner in the out of the world there would. Doctor Trent was only over seventy, and there had no been rumours he meant to retire soon. None of Stunning Clan had ever gone to him since he had told Gordon Gallus ten years before that her nutritious was all imaginary, neurosis was all imaginary. Radry, and she actually enjoyed it. You couldn't patronise a doctor. You thought you'd your first cousin. That's a move like that. Not to mention he was a Presbyterian, which, with all his stones, went to the elegant church. And as he, between the devil of disloyalty, the clan, and deep sea of fuss and clatter, a vice, for she would take a chance with the devil. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.